Great. Tran Ma. Yes. Oh, what was that? What are we doing? Go on, go on, go on. It sounds like something you find in planes. I got my feet in cement. I got my head in the clouds. You might call me demented, but I am too damn proud. I got a hunger for something outside the status quo. So pull up your chair. We are full automatic. We are out and about. We are singing. Yeah, I know we're all out and about, except where I'm in my basement. Whose turn is it to introduce? Not mine. It's mine. Go ahead. My intro. Well, then do, do it. it Enough meta. Why there, there, and hello there. Quite. Ladies. I am the effervescent Reagan Fox, host of Hollyweird, and I am joined today by two of my favorite digital friends from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We have the fabulous Wanda Wisdom. How you doing, Wanda? Oh, I'm just fabulous. I dressed for the occasion, although you can't see me. Well, you've never looked better. That's what the audience thinks. Crickets. Fuck you. Crickets. <laughs> and uh, to uh, my right, and as Wanda would say, my ideological right, Cleft. is the very conservative, Oh, am I? conventional, traditional, lesbian... Madge Weinstein. Actually, that's a very good idea since we can't seem to be able to find a conservative. Maybe I should just be that today. That's who. No. I, that's how I was last week. You are a faggot, and you don't deserve civil rights. Next. Oh. I will not discuss civil oh, rights. And my website is yeastradio.com, even though I am semi-sabbatical except for this. Well, it, yeah. This is true. Oh. This is true. Okay. I actually came prepared today. Well, first of all, I should tell both of you. Brad already knows this, and uh, oh no, Richard, you you're pregnant. Well, I'm getting braces on Tuesday. You're I'm getting old. braces. I'm getting braces. I can't wait because, to see you with braces. Because, <laughs> because I have an open bite from all the cocks I suck. Are you getting that train grand? I mean, the 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 what is the thing with it? Where it's the plastic or real braces? No, no, no. I'm not getting Invisalign because oh. an Invis- Invisalign evidently does not do that great of uh, a job mm. with my type. And it's very expensive. It it's is. Not necess- it's unnecessarily expensive. Wow, yeah, Reagan. for what it is. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I have spacers in between yeah. my teeth right now. Yesterday I tweeted that we have to stop underestimating the pain that 13 year old girls endure because I can tell you right now, these spacers, they hurt. Oh, you please. know, the frustrating thing is you can't chew right with your spacers either. I know, but it has not Space diminished choice. my appetite. I have spacers in my mouth, and I'm still super hungry. I can't wait I to see your spacers. Oh, just wait until my, well, when my braces get on. I had braces in the late 1980s for about two and a half years, and... I don't remember them hurting that bad, but if these spacers are any indication, they're going to be hellacious. Oh, the spacers are horrible. I've heard terrible things about the spacers. I bet (laughs) I will tell you from personal experience, because my braces are still on, that um, every month when I get them tightened, 
my teeth don't hurt, but they get sensitive when you bite. So it takes a few days before you can like chew. You, you know, have like braces too. Mm-hmm. Except mine that. are called six month smile. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're called what? They're called six month smiles. <laughs> six month smiles. Yeah. Why is it? Do you ha- how long do you have them on for? Six months. <laughs> Well, it's, it's actually been a little longer than six months, but that's the average time that they're on. Actually, they're just, they're essentially cosmetic braces. Yeah. They don't have to move all your teeth like they do with traditional braces. And guess what? The best part of all is they're super cheap. Yes. Did, did it hurt when you first got them on? Mm-hmm. Yes. I was, I was like, I was miserable. Miserable. Now, one, um, one I mean, it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't chronic pain, but I would say it took me a good couple of weeks to feel comfortable again to the okay. point where I'd eat anything. How come you never thought it necessary to tell us this until Reagan got braces? Well, you know, sometimes I don't like to put myself out there all the way. Or perhaps you know? you're lying to one-up Reagan yes. folks' is braces. Yeah, you're a Penelope, like that yes. character from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, you have braces? Yeah, I've had braces. I have six-month smiles. So, you, only have, you, you only have to wear it for six months? No, actually, that's just on average. I'm actually going to have to wear my six-month smile for, like, probably six years. Yeah. So. I have six, six, six smiles. Six months, six years, six days. <laughs> So I I have some topics, and I'd like to start with a more theoretical concept that we can apply to a lot of foreign, um, international, global controversies as they relate to the gay community. You'll remember that a few weeks ago, one of our awesome listeners named Toro, who I'm actually friends with on Facebook, and he's a Mm -hmm. super smart guy. Um, He's a graduate student at, I I want to say USC. Mm -hmm. And he brought up a term called homonationalism, which is a It's a concept that I've heard other people mention, but it wasn't until this week that I started reading more about it. Right. And it's a concept that really can't be defined in a single definition. So I've come up with four four different definitions or four defining characteristics of it, and I just want to read them first, and then y'all can jump in. My God, you did, like, real work. She did homework because she's she's on vacation and she can't do anything. Anything to get my mind off my spacers. She needs... They need something to stimulate her mind. Yeah, come on. Even though mine doesn't have the letter S in it. (laughs) Here's the first one. Uh, The first definition, the favorable association of gay and lesbian people and or gay rights with a nationalist ideology. Another definition, an understanding and enactment of homosexual acts, identities, and relationships that incorporates them as not only compatible but even exemplary of neoliberal democratic ethics and citizenship. The third definition, the normalization and integration of certain more acceptable queers into the nationalist identity. Um, And finally, understanding the shifting structures of homophobia and homosexuality in the context of global politics. Uh Um, And and then, sorry, there's one more. Homonationalism, the belief gay people are politically united by their sexual orientation. So it has a bunch of different significations, and I thought it would be an interesting concept to bring into our conversation about the Olympics, 
because one of the critiques of um, the gay, gay and lesbian critiques of the Olympics is this is just another way that we can assert a homo-nationalist identity where mm-hmm. people can come together and say it, it, it's a way of um, asserting our politics on a global level by latching it on to gay and lesbian identity and making it, I don't know. Um, okay, I was just... Um, not to go meta for a second, but I just realized our chat room wasn't on. So if you were trying to get in, it's, it should be on now, the chat room. Sorry, go ahead now. Okay. So can you explain those sentences in English? I, the, I mean, the definitions in English, because I was kind of not. Yeah, so I think it. on one level, homonationalism is the, um, there's a term, well, I'm not going to use another big term to explain it, but there's um, the idea that there are certain gay and lesbian people that we will allow to be part of our national identity. Like the ones who can fit in, the ones who can pass, the ones who believe in monogamy, typically white, upper middle class. So that, those are the type of gay and lesbian people who get incorporated into our national identity. And then what happens on a global scale is that we will, um, we will fight certain battles on a global level uh, if the battle that we're fighting advances the causes of the people who are able to rise to the top um, – in the gay and lesbian community on a national level. So remember last week when I was saying that the atrocities happening in Uganda are significantly worse than what's happening in Russia, although they're both horrible. Like, I don't want to compare oppressions. But the reason why that we have latched on to uh, the Russia controversy is in part because when we see these videos of gay youth in Russia being brutalized, they look like the type of gay people that we in other words they're white the media. <laughs> they're white they're white yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. now this is an old concept right this is from like the late 60s this term from what i Homo understand nationalism i don't know the etymology of the term i've well, only recently heard of it because i i read that thing that T- tricky toro or whatever his name is sent us and it it was like some guy the guy who coined the term was from like 1968 or something that big okay. long paper, yeah. To me, it would seem like you know, uh, uh, just when I thought of the term, it seems like putting the you know the the concerns of whatever the defined community is above all else. Right. So the and I think we kind of touched on that before, like we did, yeah, we talked, you know. That. The fact that we would maybe be concerned about the Olympics over, I, I don't want to, I'm just being very simplistic. Odin like Snay. The, huh? Odin Snay. I don't want to yes. t- upset Reagan, yeah. so I'm going to use pig Latin. <laughs> oh, yes. Odin no, Sne. I like how you did that. You were real mm. subtle. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Whereas some people would say it's not necessary, that's not a, a, a it's more important to deal with this issue over here, but a homo nationalist would say, no, I'm not concerned about that over there because it doesn't deal with progressing the cause of homo nationalism. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. I mean, there's a lot of rotten things that go on and everywhere against all kinds of people. But, um, you know, it doesn't mean just just because you're upset about one thing. This is something that happens a lot on the Internet. People will say, you can't be upset about this unless you're upset about everything else that's bad that happens in the world. 
you know, and it's kind of like yeah. a, people use that as a way to like, you know, promote, you know, they use it as a way to rationalize their not apathy. Un- yeah. Apathy. Exactly. I think it's also like, I find, I don't know what you guys think, but more and more, it seems like that people arguing over these causes and arguing on social media just becomes this like circular clusterfuck where people just are arguing about what they should or shouldn't be doing and what's right and people making art and not that argument and debate is doesn't have a place but sometimes it just seems like i don't know what that's really doing like is it really accomplishing anything that you have some people masturbating i mean i I, I don't Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean. No, I was just gonna say I can see that there is value in that. I'm not. I don't totally want to discount it, but I feel like more and more people sort of live in the comfort of their own, you know, um, place that they've crafted for themselves, and they sort of, I don't know, go back and forth at one another online. And I'm like, like the people arguing over whether or not we should be boycotting Russian vodka, like. Yeah, let's let's spend a lot of time arguing that. Well, it's it's useful, I think, when you're arguing against somebody who is not really. No, I don't think it's an, actually. Yeah, it's kind of a waste of time. I I disagree with that. I think that it it allows people to reflect upon activism and think about the choices that they're making. And I because I produce critique, I see the utility in critique. And I think it's not saying that either of you are saying this, but I I think that there are a number of people who would say that, like, for instance, I am in favor of marriage equality. I would like to get married. There are a number of people who are queer theorists who I'm friends with who critique the fight for marriage and think that this is a fight that's primarily being fought for upper-class white men and some white women. And it really doesn't speak to the needs and concerns of um, non-white men and women uh, who are gay and lesbian in our country and people of different classes and people who have different concerns. You know, for some people getting AZT and other types of HIV medication should be the focus of the gay and lesbian movement now um, and not something that they might deem to be kind of frivolous. Sorry, my screen went. Go ahead. So um, I disagree with them. I think that you can fight this battle on a number of different fronts and you can have a bunch of different um, exigencies to which you're responding. Uh, But I still see value in the critique. I still think it's helpful for people to say, you know, there's still a lot more that we have to do and there's still a lot more that we have to take into consideration. Well, did you? It's a check and balance, you know? What I thought was really funny is when I saw like some video clip somewhere. George Takai says we should boycott the Olympics. Like, what? He's an expert because he makes funny faces and posts memes. I don't get it. You know? But why can't why can't he have an opinion? Is that homo nationalism? He can have an opinion, but it's just the fact that it's elevated to such prominent status. You know, is is funny to me. You know, what's his qualification to have his opinion broadcast anywhere? That he was, you know, there's there there is none. You know. I'd rather have you give. No, I think that there is some. I mean, we've lived in a we've lived in a culture that has systematically denied opportunities for gays and lesbians Mm -hmm. to have a real seat at the table, Mm -hmm. and so gays and lesbians who were able to carve out a niche for themselves, no matter how they did it, 
I think that their opinion is important. I don't think it's necessarily as important as anybody else's, but he yeah. has an audience. And right. I would say his audience is primarily straight people. So I, I applaud him for taking a stand on these issues. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, his his reach might be broad, but it's not very deep. And I don't know that it really does anything other than when I, when a person... And again, I it, it's it's not like I want to take away the value in it, but, you know... So it allows a straight person to log on to Facebook, like something, pass it on, and feel like they've sort of done their their duty. Well, do you know what I mean? Or a gay person, for that matter. I guess it doesn't matter in this case. But like, sort of like, oh, I logged on. I, you know, um, liked George Takei's thing picture that says I should boycott this. Okay, now I've I've done something. Um, I can G- move on. Gina in our chat room, involving the chat room, says that he tied it into the, his time in the internment camp, camps. So I suppose that could make it somewhat relevant, you know, because he was in an internment camp, you know, with the Japanese when in, I guess it was World War II, right? Mm-hmm. The Japanese. Japanese. Um, what about more specific, though, because we're being kind of vague. What do we think about the boycott thing, or where is it at? I don't even know. I mean, I, I've been in school all week, so I've, I've been in a K-hole. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's ketamine. I think I heard, because mm-hmm. remember, Madge, didn't you say either last week or somebody said, you know, really the thing that you need to do is people need to go after the, uh, the, the people committee. who make the decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of the IOC, right, or, that's or right. whatever that organization is, and yeah. I would think, like, has that? Do we know if that's happening? I if don't know. But you know, I read something interesting today that I didn't really see the correlation until today. So what I read is that because I was researching the fact that you know Chinese people eat dogs and cats and how gross it is, and um, what I found out is that in Beijing for the Olympics they banned the the serving of cat in restaurants for the you know month or so around the olympics because they didn't want to offend tourists and as soon as um as soon as it was over they're back to serving boiled cats you know Mm, so meow. you know that's what got me thinking about you know this what does that have to do with well, anything what has to do with it is because it's like okay we didn't bitch about that we but we bitch about you know we didn't boycott the olympics because they boil our pets we we you know we well, boycott a, it because come on there's a there's a in fact I mean what this what what that line of argumentation reminds mm-hmm. me of is when Proposition Eight passed in California there was another ballot proposal that was um, trying to make treatment of chickens more humane mm-hmm. and the one for chickens. Passed. made it through and <laughs> and but gay people were denied rights so like in the same election where chickens are extended rights <laughs> gay people have rights eliminated i don't think it's really yeah but the chinese okay have to compare but, like but the chinese cat. have horrific think, human I, rights issues there's they're much worse than the russians i mean their their human rights violations are 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 horrible yeah and your, right. your point is well taken i think maybe the example was left something right. to be desired because their yeah. eating of cats and dogs is probably more of a cultural thing that we just don't understand because we don't eat cats and dogs you, you but do. i get but I think this, that you know there are a number a, of hu- 
human rights violations that you could easily hold up and say, yeah. why didn't we get pissed off about yeah. that? Right, right. right. And, th- and that, I think, is where the discussion of homonationalism comes in. Yes. Because, because gay and lesbian rights are such a hot-button issue in the United States right now, and because we're winning the culture wars, it's become part of our nationalist identity, so that's what we're latching on to. And I think, yeah, you're making a really excellent point Madge because thanks when, thank you you're welcome thanks. because when the uh, summer Olympics it was the summer Olympics that were recently in China right yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not the last summer but maybe the ones before that right. but um, yeah I, I, I don't remember any type of conversations Mm-mm. about human rights nope. violations going on on a broad scale or talks of boycott nope. and because we didn't have anything um, we're kind of selective with whatever part of our nationalist identity we are going to Be- push forward. Because they time. don't boil and eat gay people. Yet. Right. Yeah, it's funny because, um, but, but in a way... Do they do that at the Coco Dorm, by the way? <laughs> dead cats! Dead cats! No, in Koreatown they do. No, in the, no. In the Korea Dorm. Gay people. Um, they... <laughs> you know... <laughs> Would Korean Dorm be Coco Dorm as well? <laughs> Yes, I just found out that they relaunched poppycop.com, by the way. Although they they did it like a, the Coco Dorm folks over the Coco Dorm did a relaunch of poppycock. That's P-A-P-I dot com. Oh, poppycock. See, I was thinking of the popcorn peanut snack. Yeah, and um, but so as I look at the relaunch, it's the same videos from 2010. They still haven't put in any new content out there. But anyway, what, where were we going? Oh, so, but, but it's a good point about the home nationalism, I think, because in a way, it just shows what a good job we homosexuals have done to get our issues to the, to the forefront. I mean, we've been, as a, as a one gigantic community, we've been very effective. You know, we're a good well, example. What's weird about that is that we're not a terribly unified community and there's no sort of, you know, it's not like the African American community. We don't have these like, there is leadership, but it's like this sort of disparate spread out. What do you mean the African American community is shooting themselves, shooting each other? No, I'm talking about. Yeah, but that, you know what? That's I'm talking about this. The civil rights movement where you had. Civil rights. You had defined leaders, yeah. and no, not everybody believed in, you know, was supporting each other, but far more than a gay community. Right, but day. you know what, though? We have something that the black community overall doesn't have, which is money, and that makes a big difference. Yeah. And we vote. Scrotum? What? Scrotum? Salty? Salty boy. Yeah, and salty, it's a, I love salty. The other thing is, is it's a very certain part of our community that has money. And, you know, again, I think to Reagan's point, there are a lot of people that would critique sort of, you know, what we've achieved over the last 10 years by focusing so heavily on marriage equality. Um, oh, this, this, yeah. is, um, this is actually kind of a wonderful transition to the next topic I think that we should discuss regarding money and who has it and who doesn't and black people oprah controversy okay oprah yes once again get shunned and we will discuss I- that in one second but i just want to mention that rem- remember i put that shared topic thing out mm-hmm. i only put one topic on because i re- forgot about it till today but i w- would like for you to look at it while we discuss oprah's i sent you an email because i yeah, for some reason i re-added I you i re-added you i did i did what you were how do i where do i have to go to do the if thing you're on the iCloud, you should already have it if you go into your reminders 
reminders. Like I got to figure out how to do that fucking ad. thing. Oh, it's an God. app, honey. This is going to be just I'll like the last. It. And you call me Tran Graham. Tran Ma now. I know how to work my reminders. Tran Mom. Tran Ma. Oh, I've dip, I've uh, come down a de- generation. How did that occur? I want to be Tran Mom. Okay. <laughs> Fine then. I don't want to be Tran Graham anymore. I retire that name. Well, no, you can be my mother. I want to be techno lesbian. I don't have this on my. Okay, well, lesbo. I'll paste it here because it's not something I want to say out loud. I'll paste the topic into this chat holder. Okay, go ahead. Keep talking about whatever it was while you read me. <laughs> I don't think I showed Juan Turdlius to the picture, did I? Did I send no, you the picture? No, no. Okay, I'll s- I'm going to send it to you. Too. Let's talk Oprah, though. Go ahead, Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is good <laughs> why, that's a real laugh but i haven't heard why you laugh like that in a while why couldn't you why did you stop for that because now it's going to be hard for me to <laughs> jump over that hurdle and go to oprah you know i need to see this photograph this please. is just this is just some things just get out of hand you know <laughs> sometimes things get out of hand okay let's talk about oprah um so oprah was visiting switzerland for somebody's wedding oh, i believe switzerland? it was switzerland. it was it tina was, turner's um, wedding yeah tina turner mm-hmm. tina turner tina turner's wedding so she was at switzerland and she decided to go to a store that sold handbags does it is there a little bit of deja vu in this <laughs> I know this. I mean, this just happened a few years ago. <laughs> to the and same just, person. This is a good rule of thumb. Up, uppity, bitchy sales clerks in foreign countries. If a black woman comes into your show, store, just assume it's Oprah. Yeah, and like maybe okay, they should just put a picture, like on the safe side, like a like a wanted fact, poster. This this is the way. Let me let me explain this for shop people in in Switzerland and in other foreign countries. Okay. This is pr- a pretty good rule of thumb when it comes to race. Treat all black people with the same respect that you would treat Oprah if you knew it was Oprah. That's a good idea. And then idea. I think we'll all be okay. I think I think since you know in Switzerland shop shopkeepers speak French and German, I'll do the French if uh, Juan Turdliest will do the. Uh, German afterwards. Oprah. It just blows. Yeah, that's just that I told us that with spider. <laughs> Show me your papers. <laughs> oh my god, I just got your photograph. What in God's name? <laughs> well, we can't this is like last week. You yeah. are you know what, physician heal thyself. You got Excuse all me? on me about Looking at pictures that the audience couldn't see, and uh-huh. now look at you. How the orthodontist heal thyself? Scrotum. Okay, so Oprah goes in. She wants to look at a handbag, and the sales clerk says, "Oh no, that is too expensive for you." And Oprah, not wanting to say, "Bitch, I'm Oprah. Let me see the handbag." She said, you know, I would really like to see that bag. And the woman, like, they went through this three times where the woman was like, no, I'm I'm not going to show you the bag. It's a $30,000 bag. So now it's this big uh, controversy, as I think it should be. Mm-hmm. But what is preposterous to me is that the shop owner, who evidently was at Tina Turner's wedding with Oprah, yes, yes. Um, 
she has now come out and apologized. And part of the apology was, oh, we, you know, she just didn't know that it was Oprah, which to me is such a bullshit apology and goes back to what I was saying yeah, before that it shouldn't matter if it's Oprah. Or That's what she said. That, that yes. was her excuse, even though she's at the same fucking wedding. Are you well, kidding me? I don't think that was exclusively her. Ex- that and she wasn't the owner. wasn't the one who said it to Oprah. Okay. It was it, you know it was a saleswoman. Oh, and, okay. But I don't. Th- I think making that a part of the apology is so ridiculous and just right. shows how disgusting racism well, is. It like, also shows, well, and- which I think I'm really glad for this because I'm glad it happened in Europe because people, so many people, especially my fellow progressives, think Europe is so great because they have health care. But Europe is still, you know, they have a little bit of a history of mm, genocide. And there's some serious racism that goes on over there and some classism that you're not very, very up. And, and Zurich is a bunch of fucking assholes. Well, and I just have had a newfound respect for Orpa because the way she handled it, Orpa. because, you know, she, she had to know that if she could have done the whole like, I'm Oprah, do you not know who I am? And then the woman would have apologized. Oh, I'm so sorry. But the only reason she would have apologized, as she ended up doing, was because, because she would have felt that it was Oprah and right. not because, oh, she was being a racist to a black right. woman. And to me, what's funny about it is we're so sorry we were racist to Oprah. <laughs> That's yeah. the qualifier. We had no idea she was a black woman not to be but racist you know, to. You know, the thing yeah. is, though, Reagan, do you know what she was wearing? She said, she actually said in the interview, she was like, look, I didn't have my false eyelashes on, but I was all Oprah'd out in my little Donna Karen skirt and flip-flops. Flip-flops? Like, she wasn't toe up from the flow up. Excuse me, flip-flops? Sandals, I think is what she meant. What what, what was the name of the story? It wasn't Hermes, was it? No, it's Three Apples, Twop (laughs) Home. So it's just a small... You know, the thing is, though, is that I think, you know, Oprah's from Chicago and, you know, she used to walk around a lot. The thing is, everybody says the same thing. When you see Oprah in person, she's not on TV. She looks like a cat's ass. Well, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Well, it's maybe it wasn't because she's black. Maybe it's just because she looked like a street person. No, I I think her race has something to do with. I mean, let's if assume, I went let's in, let's assume if, that's the case, Madge. Yeah. Then you don't think that in that saleswoman's let, let's assume that the saleswoman was thinking, oh, this is just like a street person, mm-hmm. which you don't think that Oprah's race had something to do with that insinuation. Oh, if wait. you walked in in a pair of like shorts yeah. and sandals and a, and a t-shirt, that woman would not have said to you, oh, no, no, no. I think this she would have. expensive for you. I think you she, if I went there with my disgusting purple muumu and looking all nasty and fat and I said, hand that purse to me, would you? She would have said, she probably would have said, no, you can't touch that, you nasty, fat lesbian. I'm yeah, just saying we don't know. a woman to you, I mean, that that's, Excuse you know. me, I am a woman, you mean. I'm a woman, I'm a guy. Um, yeah, I mean, it was probably racist. It was probably racist. I'm just saying, you know, there's a ch- it could have not been, too, at the same time. It could have not been, but it was, I'm sure. But it's just, you know. It would be fun to, for other people to go in there and see what happens. Like, Well, I definitely think that you and Cheryl Murkowski should call <laughs> Three Apples and... Say that you want to buy you. Cheryl lost her coin purse. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to do that, but we have to, we have to get a lot of donations because I'm on hiatus. Hiatus. Yes, hiatus. I'm on oh hiatus because I'm in hiatus. school. 
I'm in school. It's so hard. I'm in this, like, they call it a boot camp, and it really is. It's like 14-hour-plus days, just computer programming all day. And we had team-building exercises. It was awful. It was like an Apple store can I, opening. Can I ask you a question? Are you talking about this? Because I don't what, – what how long does this last, and then what are you going to do afterwards? Nine weeks. And then you're going to be some fancy, highfalutin programmer? Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's going to graduate from the Coco dorm to – the 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 Coco University. Nah, I'm gonna it's mine's. I'm gonna do the BBLW, the big, beautiful, beautiful lesbian, lesbian woman. woman. You know, dorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm dorm. gonna do that. You want to be the dorm mama? No, I think we just went off air. What? What you? Been I think it says about? the channel is offline. No, nope, that's you. Not that's not the oh. channel. I'm still good. Sorry, we're still golden. Will you play her one time? Yeah, you know, sure. I, you know, I'm, I'm just like, this is an interesting topic for me personally because, like, I went through this whole like personal voyage, and as usual with all these voyages, you always come back to where you start, which is exactly, you know, I felt like I wasn't getting enough out of my life and all this shit and doing this other crap, and for years I've been doing video, and you know, Samurite, <laughs> you know. You knew black people, but you didn't know them socially. They were servant class, and you always had a great relationship with your servants. Anyway, the, to make a long story short, I'm going back to computers because I enjoy it, and I get paid, and I'm tired of doing something I don't really enjoy that much, honestly, and don't really get paid for it, you know? So, that's all. Good for you. Um, good for you. Did uh, you hear Chris Brown had a seizure? He oh, good. A no. Yesterday. Did he really? I know. And this is what gets. I mean, I look. Yeah, I. I don't wish harm upon anybody, but yes, there was pray. Pray for Chris was <laughs> a was a trending hashtag on well, Twitter when he, yesterday. When he threatened to not come back to music. Apparently, he was serious. Mm. Oh, he threatened not to come back to this. Yes, last Amazingly, week. she still practices law at her father's firm. As she normally refuses interviews, I'm surprised to receive the news that she'll see me. This is relevant. Her um, childhood must have been mostly in the Depression. Well, <laughs> as I said, I do not discuss. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. The thing is, that's actually relevant to the news because you know how th- who that is, right? Do you know who that really is? I have it's, no idea uh, who that to is. To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee's sister. Mm-hmm. Sis- it's, Harper, it's Harper Lee's sister, and Harper Lee was in the news just today. I saw Roseanne, that fucking bitch who hates me, tweeted that um, she's the victim of elder abuse, and she's suing, a, I think, a nursing home. Harper Lee, not the si- not the sister. Though I do expect that the sister is. Representing her civil rights. Civil rights. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't you okay. want to talk about elder abuse? No. Off air. People are saying it's off air. I'm saying. But Somebody just said in the chat room, off air. Curly Higgins said off air. Who the fuck is Curly Higgins? Curly Higgins. Curly Higgins is Curly Higgins. Why can't a woman be more like a man? I think we're off air. Okay, I'm going to look on my phone because it might be a... 
a used it says bandwidth low hang on i it says the channel is offline okay let me check on my hand hold here my hold i'll type we are we're figuring out we're figuring it uh, Twitter, twitter sheet do not discuss civil rights uh, we, they probably the NSA probably took us off the air for talking about sal- civil rights. About civil rights. No, I know that's your favorite part, Reagan, isn't it? I love that she part. Says, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's a pretty good impersonation of her, huh? I practice like fucking all the time. Of course I. No. You knew black people, but you but didn't you know not. them socially. socially. <laughs> They were servant class. They were a servant class. (laughs) Notice that Wanda doesn't care. I know. Wandita, Bondita, Conchita. At least we're still recording for the Grum. Tranma. Wandita, Bochita, Tranmom. Chicka, Chicka Duty. Lost connection. Okay, wait. You're right. You're figuring that out, Madge. I was on uh, Cobra. I was on Brad's radio show this week. Really? Yes, on uh, my talk one hundred seven one. What is Cobra? Team Cobra. That's my co- my co-host and I. It's Co for Colleen and then Bra for Bradley. Oh, Team did you Cobra. Collins. How did I do? Did I do well? Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. The what we said was that because you never know when you have people on what they're going to sound like, but you are just. You are a natural talker, so there was absolutely <laughs> nothing to worry about. I'll take that as a compliment. You oh, sound yes. very, you sound very different um, on your show than you do on Eat This Hot Show. I think you're very good at what you do, and both of you. Normally, when people are uh, have like a radio show, they have those really cheesy radio voices, which immediately makes me want to stop. Watching, right. it's kind of like when a sitcom has a laugh track. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I can't. But um, y'all sound very natural. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, we try to be as you know conversational as possible because who wants to listen to you know? A lot of people. Yeah, that's annoying. Do you remember Tom Likas? Do you remember that radio host, Tom Likas? No. He had a he, like the the he was like a liberal talk show host. He might even still be around, but. He was so unlistenable because he always talked like this. I don't. You know what's weird is I do not understand where that comes from. I mean, I'm sure somebody could do a paper on it, but it comes from I'm ego. Like, they they used to call them pukers because they sound like they're puking. <laughs> <laughs> they're puking. But nobody. Oh, right I just got time. an ear strain. What? Excuse what? Me. No, I got one of the, I was moving my jaw in such a weird way that it like fucked up. It made my like jaw crack like a, you know, Why like a pop. Why don't you get braces to fix the problems that you're having with your jaw? I Come think on, I have lock jaw from sucking so bad shots. Okay, we should move on to our next topic now that we're back live on the Eat This Hot Show. What was our next topic? Tater bugs? Tater bugs? Excuse me? So we were talking about Chris Brown. And is yeah, it okay? So, is it okay for me to be like, no, I don't want to pray for Chris Brown. I, nope, I think you that. have to pray. <laughs> pray. You got to pray just to make it today. I Father, say we pray. Father, pray. help us to be healthy. I know Chris Brown. What does like, he do? do we he really beats need up to Rihanna. Pray for Chris Brown movement no, no. on Twitter. Yep. No. Yep. No. Yes. No. 
No. No, the story this week with Chris Brown, the story this week with Chris Brown, the story this week with Chris Brown was that, um, you know, he's ticked off because his probation was revoked and he's, you know, just frustrated that people won't shut up about his past. And so he's like, don't worry, my next album will probably be my last. I'm going to take my professional. I'm going to take my ball, load it up with cement, and throw it on a woman's face and go home. We're going to walk in, eat, and gag, and serve the girls. <laughs> uh, uh, something else I think is interesting, the Tea Party, I cannot believe this, is still complaining about the IRS unfairly targeting them. And what gets me about this controversy is that this is the same group of people who's in favor of racial profiling laws in Arizona, but somehow they're against the IRS targeting an organization that's premised on avoiding taxes and staging rebellions to get out of paying taxes. Well. Well, but yeah. it's totally okay to pull somebody over just because they're brown. Chris Brown? Chris Brown. See, that's a good transition. Mm-hmm. I'm better than Oprah. I'm not Oprah. I'm better than uh, Whoopi, mm-hmm. who's moderator of The View. Whoopi. So, um, mm, I forgot what I was going to say because I'm old. I was talking about Tea Party, IRS, unfair. Yeah, there was something really horrible in the news this week regarding the government. Oh, yeah, the Republicans are trying to shut down the fucking government because they don't like Obamacare. So they're just like, there's a good chance there'll be a government shutdown because they're just not approving anything unless it, you know, cuts Obamacare. I mean, they're just such little fucking babies. But at least Jesus they're, Christ. you know, like, I, you got to give the ones that are in the Tea Party, at least, credit for being able to to do what they want, which I'm, is to shut down the government. I mean... That's what they that's what's so bizarre to me is that like their whole premise is that they don't trust government. So they are in government, Mm -hmm. an institution that they don't trust to do nothing more, presumably, than shut it down. So, I mean, you know, if they were to get their way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they really are. It's almost sort of like anarchists. It is. It's similar. I I had conversations with some, you know, with some libertarians because there's a lot of libertarians in the Max and Stacey scene over in Europe. And I had a conversation. I'm like, what separates you guys from anarchists? I mean, it's kind of like this, the anarchists and the libertarians. It's kind of where it all just comes back together and goes full circle, the left and the right. It's kind of interesting. You know, I've never thought of it that way, but it's very true. It Mm -hmm. shows how left and right are just really folds of one another rather than oppositional. I have folds of fat on my... That is very true. Above my vagina. Do you have skin tags? No. 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 (laughs) I do do not. As I said, I do not. Skin skin tags. Um, you know. So what's some of the stuff that y'all are bringing to this table for me to eat the welcome on this table. show? I have nothing because, like I said, I've been in school and all. I it's I've been in another world. It's it's very it's been very exciting for me going back to school in such an intensely, you know. In, so you're going back to school at 56 years old. You are Jerry mm-hmm. Blank. Exactly. I know. I if thought you don't about get that your too. Computer degree. I'm by going. The time you're a senior. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be the laughing stock of computer high. Because <laughs> I'm back in school. <laughs> I'm going back to school. <laughs> yeah, I tell these stories because they're all just like fresh out of college. I'm like, 
Yeah, I was over in Amsterdam, and I took a laminectomy of a horse and shoved it up my butt with a heroin needle. And, yeah. Fell off the fell off the donkey and had to have a laminectomy. Oh, my God, but I have the best story. about. It's not really about school. It's about Starbucks. This is amazing. I have the best tip for all of you out there in ladies' land. Okay, so you know how Starbucks gives you a treat receipt during summer months? In the morning. No, I don't drink. I, yes, no. I do. No. I, okay, so you go, you get a treat receipt for if you buy any drink in the morning, and then after two, you come back with a treat receipt. You get any cold grand day beverage for $2. So I went there and I'm like, I'll take an iced latte with my treat receipt. She's like, you know, you really need to get more out of it. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want the Frappuccinos. There's too many calories. She said, she said, you know what? You can get up to a seven shot latte if you want. That's worth eight bucks. So I got, I'm like, well, I'll take six shots. I got a six shot latte and a grand day cup. Shit. Normally it would cost seven something dollars and I only paid two dollars. Of course I didn't drink it because it was disgusting, but isn't that nice, white ladies? A seven shot latte. It's uh, like, what's the point of not doing drugs? What's the exactly. point? Exactly. That's like bukkake latte. Bukkake latte? Yes, that's the new name for it. Wanda Wisdom is the brand lady there now. It oh, was amazing, kind of, though. This is kind of cool, uh, just in terms of inner city life. Uh, <laughs> inner city life. I'm going back to so, school. Uh, so I'm going back to school. Um, the yeah. West Hollywood also always gets a lot of shit because the parking tickets and the parking signs. You have to have a PhD in parking signs in order to understand whether or not you can park in a particular space. Okay. But one of the things that I will say about West Hollywood that makes it cool is they actually put their revenue to good use and are really invested in the community. P- case and point. Yeah. Uh, last night they started what is now called uh, like online pickup, I think it's called. Um, and mm. it's a trolley that goes up and down Santa Monica Boulevard from Fairfax to Doheny, which is like the heart of gay Los Angeles. Doheny. And it's free and it picks people up. It runs from 8 a.m. until uh, or 8 p.m. until 3 a.m. Where do it go? It's just a trolley to get people to and from the bars. To where? To the bars, back to home. Oh, you go home that way? Is it big? Like yeah. people actually like it's in the same region, but only if you yeah. live in Hollywood, right? Right, right, right. But uh, there were tons of people on it. I, I mean, it's. But it's if you live nice in Hollywood, do you really need to drive to the bar? I mean, I don't get it. No, no, no. But most people take cabs. Like I've, you know, I've been living here for going on eight years now, and every time I go out, I spend at least $20 on okay, cabs. But how many miles are you covering in the cab? That's what I want to know. Uh, probably two miles there, two miles back. Why don't you take a bicycle? That's nothing. Lazy. Take a bicycle and then drink and then get on my bicycle and ride home? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's legal. You said girl. you're not drinking anymore. Well, I think, Madge, when they talk about drinking and driving, they're not it, they're not being too literal. Like, I, I think it's no. bad to drink, nah, <laughs> to drink while you're driving. Even if uh-huh. you drank immediately prior to driving, that's a bad All thing. All right, fine. No. I just think that when it comes to cars, L.A. people are a bit too heavy on their feet, 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 feet. I mean, for a well, for a bunch of liberal-minded, politically correct people, you sure don't you sure use a lot of gas? Well, well, no, this is using less gas. 
Oh, I know. I mean, this is great what you're and, doing. And I, I mean, when I look at what's happening to the transportation industry right now, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on between Uber and other car services to get people around mm-hmm. because cabs can be such a fuck over moment. And I just think it's very cool that the city is making an investment in Because, you know, transportation in L.A. is notoriously horrible, and it's just nice to see some innovation. Well, all I'm getting at is that, well... You're you're sort of lazy. (laughs) Yeah, but say that to... Then why are the people chiseled? And beautiful because they because you think there's something faustian about all of us well what 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 like (laughs) actual application does an eight pack of abs have i mean is it that you can lift something you couldn't normally lift explain this to me what do you use your eight pack for we were we are very shallow and we all work out yeah but okay so you have these big muscles lazy at the gym we're just lazy when it comes to we're not lazy, but it, it, paying $20 a cab every time you go out, that adds up. Yeah, but what is it that you are doing with these big muscles and when you're these muscle queens? You know, like I get that it's, you know, you have strength. Like, okay, you build your arms up so you can lift things. You know, maybe you have legs, you can lift things. But when you have abs, what does it do? For, what do you, what can you do with abs? Okay, let me abs ask you a question. your what? core strength. And do you know that abs, that'll help you uh, with your back problems? It'll keep you upright. You won't be one of them hunched over creepy old ladies when you're 800 years old. Oh, snap to me. Ooh, Oops. snap. So, <laughs> let, let me ask you a question. Too late. When you, in, when you go into buy clothing, do you just pick up the first three items that you see and say, okay, I'm going to get these? No, I or, just... Or do I, you pick some items over the other because you think that they're more aesthetically pleasing? Oh, honey, I go to Devon Avenue and I just tell them, give me a couple yards. <laughs> and then I get a staple gun and I snap it on. A glue gun. Yeah. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus. <laughs> Actually, that's Lady Bunny's trick. She taught me how to do that. Remember when I went to L.A. for Portable Media Expo or Podcast Expo when it was... I called her. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I have to dress. There's nothing in my size here in Los Angeles. She said, oh, honey, you just get a bunch of fabric and get a stapler in the back. Then you take another piece of fabric and put it over your as a shawl to cover the staples. And it looks like you just went to a designer. She was right. (laughs) She ain't never been lying. And she also told me, which, of course, this is no secret and probably not just her. She said, honey, the bigger the hair, the smaller the waist. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's mm-hmm. the problem with drag queens these days. Is they don't wear enough hair. Mm-hmm. They think that they're real ladies. They not. They think they don't need to wear no makeup anymore. No. They do. You know, you know who else says the bigger the hair, the smaller the waist? You're our sedanist. Foff. Oh. Well, <laughs> then I will never say it again. Anyway, the higher the hair, the closer to Jesus. Speaking of famine, I was just reading about that um, even though the Wall Street is at an all-time high, in New York, there's never been more poor people since the uh, Great Depression. What's that about, girls? Well, they talk about the fact that Wall Street, well, in fact, I was listening to a discussion earlier this week about how the income gap has widened and that Wall Street, whenever there are gains on Wall Street, that really only benefits about the top 10% of income earners. So it's really not 
whenever Wall Street's doing well, that doesn't mean that and all I think ships even, are rising. I don't think it even really benefits the 10%. I think it's more like the 1% because the people that are the, the let's say the other 9% that are not the upper 1%, let's say they invest, but see, they're not in the upper echelon that knows when to pull out, you know? They're not the ones that create the big crashes where the rich people take the money out and win. You know, so even the 9% that's investing, you know, still isn't necessarily doing all that great, I think. But at least they're not homeless. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we need to, there's, they put a couple, you know, they're putting a couple bankers under arrest from JP Morgan Chase. You know, it's, it's little baby steps, but the bankers are the real criminals right now. Uh, well, Amen to that. What's yeah. it? What's it called? Usury? Is that what it's called? Well, that's what I used to do in know. college. I don't know what usury is. Usury. I, I may be pronouncing it wrong, but that's when, and this dates all the way back to the Bible, and I'm sure even predates the Bible, the where Bible. it's like well, completely unethical and immoral to um, put somebody in an insurmountable debt because of a loan where you, you know, like you give them a loan and then you charge them so much for the loan that there's no yeah, way like that they can get loans. off it. <laughs> like that's why I got a cash for gold. Um, Gina wants us to discuss the Scientology since there was another upsy downsy this week. Do you want to talk about it? One turd or explain yes. it? Yes, Sure. So Leah Remini she allegedly uh, had the police, or she filed a missing persons report on Shelley Miscavige. Miscavige. Miscarriage of justice, because you'll remember Shelley Miscavige, the mm-hmm. wife of uh, David, David Miscavige. Miscavige, the uh, a leader of the Church of Scientology. And best man at Tom Cruise's weddings. Plural. Yes, and Shelley was uh, allegedly the one that was like picking ladies for Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. So these people are all up in each other's business. Mm-hmm. So her husband goes out of town. She does some shit he wasn't happy with. She disappears, and she hasn't been seen in public since 2007, if not before. And um, so Leah Remini, you know, said, where's Shelly? And then she got all this kind of crap and she had to go through all this reprogramming for years and pay all this money. (laughs) And we still don't know where Shelly is. Where's Shelly? There's Shelly. So anyway. Shelly, you better leave me alone. You're going to have Tommy where Shelly is. Kirstie was involved in this too? Yes. Kirstie was screaming? Now, is she skinny or fat right now? She I was really like another... Kirstie on Dancing with the Stars, but I don't like her with Scientology. She was filming another sequel to Look Who's Talking. No, um... <laughs> So anyway, Shelly Miscavige, she's missing. Leah Remini has the uh, LAPD, you know, file a missing persons report. And then allegedly the police met with Shelly Miscavige. And so the media was like, well, case closed. She's there right. somewhere. Yeah. The problem with that Miscavige is. Shelly Miscavige say everything is okay. I feel great. I <laughs> yeah. love being here. Yeah. And she did it from, you know, like, I'm sure she answered the door, you know, and stuck her head out the door while there was a gun pointed right. to her head right. bu- from somebody behind the door, namely yeah. her husband. Yeah. So, like, the fact that she's alive was never in question. It's that she's, you know, she's uh, in RPF, presumably. Yeah. 
And just because she's alive doesn't mean that there's nothing. Well, audience doesn't necessarily know what RPF is. That's like the big punishment. You, when in Scientology, if you're bad, you can go into this punishment uh, scene called RPF, and it can last for years and years. And you literally have to, you know, like get up and like work for. It's basically like prison labor. It's it's like, it's like on Big Brother, the have-nots. Seriously, and that's what I told Reagan that before that it's so trend that I think Big Brother actually stole that from Scientology. It's so similar, but it's like being a have-not, but for years on on end without cameras. Wow, that's terrible. And, and you have to remember what the the thing I was thinking about is. So I'm sure she was like, "Yeah, everything's fine. There's nothing. I'm totally out. yes. I just have decided not to go out of doors for you know eight years or however many <laughs> because I just don't like being I like outside. It. It's I, terrible I that that Scientology is. It's like organized crime. You know, I mean, it's like it's seriously a fucking mess. It's going to take like a powerful like attorney general and FBI operation to to take these people down. I mean, it's fucking serious shit and you know the the police were just like oh we don't want to get involved in this shit you crazy people can go do the fuck whatever you want as long as it's not children and as long as there are no drugs involved yeah i'm just curious about like who's going to be the next psycho because from all the stuff i've read david miscavige is the psycho and you know if he dies who's the next psycho other than tom cruise you know i thought his story was well she is like seriously did you see her tweets like I, I wish I had them in front of me, but she basically no. was, you know, like, now what are you going to do? What do you mean? It's, to who? Like, when, when oh, they... Oh, she was talking to, to um, Lee Remini? Yeah, she basically was uh, like, you know, now what are you going to do? Case closed. No problem here. Ha ha ha. Well, I'm not watching Let's Who's Talking, Fat Ass 3 or whatever it is. <laughs> Kirstie Alley is the only person who spells tweet T-W-E-A-T. Yeah, and you know what? If Scientology is so wonderful and clear, she's so clear, why is she still fat? You know, the ultimate the the point of Scientology is you have no defects. You become a super person. You know, and you a, she runs a company called Organic Liaison, which is supposed to be for weight loss. And she, she runs a weight loss company, and she's, she's a hippo. Fat. Oh, that reminds me of that fucking crazy-ass bitch Susan Powder. Ugh. Well, it reminds me of uh, Bristol Palin being the country's leading spokesperson for abstinence for teenagers. We live in a country where everything is just turned upside down. It's amazing. Weight loss. What was the name of the sister on on South Park with the with the headgear that talks? Oh, Stan's sister. I can't remember What's what her name, name is. Cheryl. Her name Shelley. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's why it was so funny when you were saying Shelley. Shelly is my sister. Shelly is missing. <laughs> I love Shelly, Miss Cabbage. Shelly, Miss Cabbage. I have no idea where Shelly is. The last time I saw her, she was getting electrode shock therapy. But it wasn't by four. She requested it. How is like how is South Park not doing this? You know what I mean? How were they not yeah, making the Shelley now. correlation? What? Because this was like the first time where like sort of the popular media was paying attention for a long time. Well, when they had the South Park, remember they tried to get, they try to get shut them down. Mm-hmm. Those people do not mess around. I have they are. I mean, they are for they got a lot of money. They have no yeah. members and a lot of money. And they're because their real estate is fucking worth shitloads. They have primo real estate all over the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and those places are always empty. <laughs> it's so weird. Like yeah, the one, like I, like North Korea. I ride past the Chicago, the Chicago one, you know, at pretty much every day, and it, it just it's so desolate looking. Like it's just like you see all these, you know, it looks like one of those hair salons in the ghetto where you see all these faded pictures of, you know, <laughs> sample hairdos. You know what I mean? Like you just like it's so depressing. That's what Scientology looks Free like. Free personality test. Yeah. So you see these, like, you see the backside of, like, a bust of L. Ron Hubbard and, you know, some some faded Dianetics books on little, like, you know, cardboard um, standees. Speaking of North Korea, I think that Dorm Dad should take his shtick over to North Korea and start the NOCO dorm. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Thank you. Childhood slavery. Some North Korea. But I don't think they have enough power to power the Coco Doom. The NOCO camp. Yeah. 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 How long have we been on? Let's see. Too long for words. We've been talking over an hour. Okay, so we start wrapping up. I guess I need to be the person in charge of wrapping up. I think so, but I think first we need to hear some Gaelic woman really quick. Yes. I see lovely black people. Sorry, Juan Turdliest. But we have to do Dalek. Yeah. Let's do the fully Dalek out thing. Do you want to do a whole Dalek riff or no? Yes. Okay, well. One moment. One moment. One moment lapsing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Okay. I'm really interested to know what, what kind of a man your father was. Well, he was a very gentle man. He was a very family-oriented man. He loved his children. He was just a very community-oriented person. A.C. Lee was a successful lawyer who, according to legend, stood up to racists, just as Atticus Finch does in the novel. There was a story of your father going and and uh, and stopping a Ku Ku Klux Klan march through the town. Is that true? No. (laughs) Ah. There was no march. The whole thing was a fabrication. Oh, okay. How aware were you of segregation here when you were growing up? It was a way of life. Nobody thought anything about it. Civil rights. <laughs> you know, you knew black people, but you didn't know them socially. They were servant class, and you always had a great relationship with your servants. Right. Is there anything I should do while I'm here? Do you like fresh catfish? (laughs) Yes, indeed, yeah. We have David's Catfish House out in Ollie about four miles down the road. Well, that's about all. Reagan, you want to wrap it up? It's something in Dalek, I believe. Uh, no. Any it's, closing thoughts, Wanda? 
organizing my dresses over here. She ran away. Oh my gosh. Well, good. I do not discuss. Didn't know him socially. And good luck with your braces and spacers. Kabosho Thank you. Are we going to be on uh, next week on Sunday? Uh, can we Sunday. let the theme song end first thing? Audience? Well, we'll leave it on. Okay, fine. Okay. So do we want to do Sunday or... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday. Sunday I mean, at we... 7 Central? 7 Works o'clock for is me. Fine, yeah. yeah. So, Sunday at 7. Okay. Sunday Thank at 7. Thank you for listening to Eat This Hot show. We'll yeah. talk to you next Monday. Sunday. Sunday. I gotta study. 7 Central. Shalom. <laughs>